Welcome to Elite Six Business Networking Think Tank, facilitated by your host, Danny DeHeck, the place where decision makers come together to share their experience, knowledge, and skills. Well, I've got something a bit different today. Uh, let me share the screen. Uh, we're going to go straight into the Think Tank uh, meeting. I just need to get it displaying. Boom. What I thought we'd do for that topic today, if you haven't been to the Think Tank meeting before, it's broken into uh, four main parts. And I am open to suggestions on this. I'd actually probably like it to be six main parts because I'm obsessed with the number six at the moment, which is a bit sad. However, it's very hard when you're not here. I am here. I need you. I need you, Mum, Mum, Wingman. Wing lady. Wing lady. I'm here. Um, yeah, and I thought, um, which could be a successful. Okay, we'll wait for Helen to get here now. In your own time, Helen. Thank you. Right, she has to come all the way across the room. <laughs> all she has to do. It's a commute. She's in front of the computer, going, I'm going to be late. Because I've got some. Got to do, but it is. <laughs> what does that tell you? It tells me I've got amnesia. Damnesia. <laughs> Dannynesia. <laughs> All right, so uh, open for suggestions here with the Think Tank meeting. I am actually recording the meeting in case you're wondering, so you can't say the swear words. And if you want some example of swear words that you can't say, let me know. Oh, there's a lot of noise there. Now, is that you, Sean? I might just put your, your uh, microphone on mute because your background noise is. Oh, he's done it for us. That's cool. All right. So, yeah, so the think tank topic today is actually business ethics. And I thought we'd take it to another another level. Um, now, just with the think tank in general, because we've been doing this for a wee while, that what we normally do is obviously we talk about people's experiences, problems, solutions, and then some takeaways. Now, is, is that what you guys think is a good structure for a think tank session? Or do we need to add... Um, one other or something else that would sort of pad this out a little bit nicer. I'm quite happy how it is, but I'm just putting it out there. And then I thought what we could do is actually where we talk about experiences, come up with six actually key points to experiences and solutions and problems. And then if we have to, we'll take it out the side. Uh, so if we could sort of say that we were discussing a topic on business ethics, and we need six key points of people's experiences. And then we could break those points into micro points, if you know what I mean. So eventually what we could do is have little wee points off the side like this. If you can see the diagram, which the podcast listeners won't be able to. What do you think about that? Yep, good idea. So the, the mission would actually be to come up with six what, uh, main what I'm points. Hearing, what I'm hearing, Danny, is... In some ways, it's often more efficient to just brainstorm the points. And then before we move on to the next one, we all have a chance to just reflect on those and then we rank them from one, the top down. And then that, that will determine your six highest ranking ones. Yeah, I'd agree with Mark on that one, actually. I think you just do it free form to start with. And as you said, you can reflect and <coughs> draw out the, you know, the key six if that's... What about having a, um, a bullet point called brainstorm or, you know, open discussion or something like that? 
or what we have been doing. Um, I like the, I, what we've been doing. I, I think works great, and just sort of sort of thought I'd shuffle the cards again and just make sure that we're happy on how that works. Well, this point when we're hey, doing Dan, Danny, could I make a suggestion? Yep. If you wanted to add another thing in there, why don't you put another uh, thing up the top, which basically says something like the definition of the topic. So definition. Well, that could have come underneath one of these here, and bang, we could actually have um, like yeah, uh, the definitive, definitive uh, description of, of some sort of what they that actually is. Yeah, yeah. and you have done that occasionally in the past too. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. and, and also that might help keep the thing on track as well. Mm. Yep. True. All right, well, let's give that an example. So what is business ethics? That's what we're really asking, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's, it's acting honourably. Yeah. Acting honourably. Yeah. It's the value basis of the actions we take in business. All right, somebody want to pin that? I, I've got a, a, an example to get the, the ball rolling. I had a, a member that used to be a member of Elite Six, and I got a message from her the other day, and I was asking Helen how I should go about replying to it. So anyway, so the message went, hi, hello, oops, sorry. It said, hi, Daddy, could you please give me the contact of the girl who does the visas for getting... Um, people into New Zealand. I have an American family wanting to locate to New Zealand. So then I, I said to Helen, well, you know, like I don't actually have those details anymore because when a member leaves Elite Six, I actually remove them from all my contact systems for a couple of reasons, um, because they're not part of Elite Six is one reason, but the other reason is that I, I send out mass emails to people when I need to notify people in the different groups. And often I'd get I'd leave people who have left Elite Six on my database and then I'd get a, a real, quite a vicious email back telling me that I'm no part of, could you remove me from your system? So as a rule, when anyone leaves Elite Six, I literally go through my system and erase them. All right. So I said, oh, it doesn't matter how I answer the next question, I'm going to get some sort of problem. So I wrote back as nice as I could. I said, hi, Tracy. Unfortunately, I don't have the contact details. I remove them from our system when they leave Elite Six. Would recommend doing a Google search. So then the reply comes back and says, whoa, that's really bad. You don't remember her. So then I wrote back and I said, I, I remember her. I just don't keep their contact details. And then they've come back and said, so you're telling me you don't know her name or what her company is called. Then I wrote back and said, I didn't realize it was my job to keep everyone's contact details why didn't you take down her name and her business and put it in your contacts? Hmm, all good, I'll find it. And then I wrote back and said, no problem, sorry I couldn't be of more assistance. So that, to me, that was sort of a scenario where way at the start I said, it doesn't matter what I'd say, unless, now, the scenario for me would have been that I'd actually would have had to search for that lady's name and find her details and then give that to that person in a format which she you know, her phone number, her, her website address, and maybe where she's based. And it would have actually literally taken 10 or 15 minutes of my time. But I don't feel it's my job to be a telephone director for everyone. No. 
But however, so, that lady now has left me as like, oh, Danny's got a problem. But I think but saying that, Danny, you did it ethically without. It's a very fine line between being aggressive to get a one-up scenario and being professional and keeping a. Yeah, it's nearly like I want to reply immediately, but I'll give it five or ten minutes and then come back and do it, and I'll let the steam off a little bit. Yeah. But I think in, in that scenario, <laughs> you have to operate ethically and with the intent that, yes, you could go the extra mile for that person, but if you don't feel that you want to, you're still not doing it aggressively and you're being polite in the process, being mm. clear, um, and then, you know, that's all you can do, really. Yeah, mm. I, I agree with Stephen. In fact, you know, the way you read that out... Um, you probably went even a, a little bit extra and tried to be able to point the person in the right direction. Yeah. Mm. I've got another scenario if you want another one. Go on, man. <laughs> All right. This one's a bit touchy and I get different opinions on it, so it's a bit brave saying it. But when a member leaves Elite Six, I ask them to complete a termination form. And on that form, it has six tick boxes. And one of them is that I no, it's my responsibility to stop my payments to Elite Six. So why I have that is when people leave Elite Six, they keep paying me on an automatic payment. And then I refund that money. And the following month, that money keeps coming into my bank account. So what I've done now is I've, I have been refunding people who keep paying me. But now I've said, no, I'm not refunding you because you've ticked a box. It's in our terms and conditions. That's your responsibility to stop your automatic payment. So a couple of months ago, I had one of our members who left and they keep paying me. I sent them a receipt and then I, I acknowledged that they need to stop say, paying me. Then they asked for a refund and I said, look, no, I'm not refunding because I've got better things to do with my time if you don't keep paying me. Now, the next month goes by and I receive another payment from that customer. So then I send another receipt. And then I get an email from the lady's husband asking me to refund the money that she's overpaid. And I wrote back to him and said, well, no, because last month I asked you to stop it and I explained it. I sent a receipt and he said, my wife's a wee bit more timid than I am. So now he's going to take me to small claims and he's said his bank's ringing me up and demanding the money back. And I've actually stood in the ground. So the last scenario I had with another person as I did refund the money, but they still gave me a, bit, a breathing for the thought that I, that I, I don't have no right to keep their money. And I'm thinking, well, now, you know, they're not happy. Is that ethical? Should I just keep giving people's money back? When no, no, the I, become a contract? Yeah, I, I think you're taking the, the correct stance. It, it perhaps for the future just points that it just needs to be written clearly in your terms and conditions that uh, on, on exiting uh, Elite Six, it is the client's responsibility to terminate uh, their payments. Yeah, it is clear. And that's the part that really frustrates you when you do, like theoretically, you know, I mean, how clear can you make it? And, and then at the end of the day, I, I still get a customer that leaves me grumpily and calls me a whole lot of names. And it's just frustrating. I mean, this is the part in business, like, you've been a big boy, give the money back, do the right thing, but I'm sick of it. And at the end of the day, because I've got my systems in place and my, my, my legal stuff in order, you know, it's still, you still don't feel good about it, but then you think, well, why should I? 
<laughs> I had a similar scenario where I was paying for my photocopy machine and they service and do everything else. And they did a name change and they swapped over the, they did the auto payments move to their new company. But in the background, I wasn't aware or astute enough that I was still paying an auto payment to the old company. Yeah. And they come back to me nearly 12 months later and apologized and said, it looks like in our system, nobody got, everybody got transferred over, but none of the old ones got canceled. So I actually felt stupid that I'd paid an extra three and a half thousand dollars for printing over the year that I wasn't even realizing it. But they said to me that some of the bigger corporations have overpaid a million dollars. Wow. Now, what would be the situation if they said they're not paying it back because it was in their terms and agreement that, you know, I mean, there's some ethics there where you go, well, when you, do you not have control on people's payments into, order payments into your Elite Six? Can you not terminate the payment? No, I don't, I don't do direct yeah. debits, but I do, uh, people set up automatic payments. But when yeah. people pay with credit card, I basically, um, they put a cancellation request and it stops that credit card automatically. That's I, why we moved Elite Six into credit card only payments from now on. Yeah, but if, if it's creating pain for you, then why don't you take control of it and switch to direct debit and that way you control it and that pain all goes away. I don't personally like direct debits myself. Um, you don't have to. But I get people to fill out an automatic payment is a nightmare in itself. Yeah, but your direct debit can be done completely online, like via zero. Mm. And you send the invoice and they start the direct debit. That's the requirement. You cancel yeah. the account, it stops going. I think legally you'd be on dodgy ground, Danny, I'm afraid. I think, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think you can keep payments, even though they haven't ticked the box and all that good stuff. I don't think it would stand up. Yeah. Um, but what you could do is that you could charge them an administration fee for the hassle of re uh, of uh, cancelling or re- returning the, the money, etc. Absolutely. So that's how I would do it. And then that in itself, they see the email come in saying, hey, I'm having to charge you 25 bucks administration charge, um, but here's your money. You know, then I, I don't... I think legally you would be on... Um, you wouldn't be on good grounds, I don't think. Yeah, just thinking about it too, adding to you, Matt, um, if you know they've left, but every month thereafter they, the payments keep coming, you'd be on less ethical grounds, uh, Danny, if you'd already terminated all their contact details, their profiles and, and so on, because mm. then you, you've, you've realised that the contract between the two of you has ceased. However, yeah. if you maintained all their contact details and what have you until such time as the payment period ceased, then you could have a little bit of uh, come and go, I believe. Yeah. The um, termination process, though, I do get them to complete is pretty, um, they have to tick. I don't, they don't, they have to tick that they acknowledge this, 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 and this, and this. So surely that must be some form of. Yeah, but you don't know the circumstances of that person. If they've got an ailment and gone into hospital, and are not in a position to deal with their bank accounts for two or three months. Well, that's extreme, isn't it, though? But well, yeah, but any, anything's possible like that. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be very hard. I think you'd be found wanting by the courts, I'm afraid. Yeah, I think so, mm. too. So the ethics there is to pay it back. Yeah. Yeah. 
but it's absolutely fine to do an administration charge for doing that, and hopefully that'll absolutely. be another piece. Well, that, that's my, my point, really. It's that time that you spend doing uh, all that stuff when you've asked people, you know, you know like... I don't, I'm pretty, I had a lady pay me $3,000 into my bank account. So I wrote to her four times saying hi, and she wouldn't acknowledge me. <laughs> and then um, five weeks later, I, I said, are you lost $3,000 by any chance? Before I had to pay the GST on it, <laughs> put the money back in her account. That's, oh, that's fine. And every, and every communication, you sh if you issued that there is an administration charge on that, then when she finally gets around to getting back to you, it's, here's your fee list the charges and we had to specify that every time we contacted you. Yeah. How's, yeah. How, what's a reasonable administration fee? $59? Yeah. Maybe on your box, your tick box, Danny, add a, an additional one which says, I acknowledge that um, the, that if uh, I don't discount, I don't um, cancel my direct payments or whatever the terminology you want to use, then uh, a monthly administration charge of 25 bucks, say, yeah. will, be, will be applied. So that would add more weight, even if they ignore that, if it went to, I don't know, court, say, um, because somebody accumulated three grand's worth, then it would show your intent and your ability to take the admin fee. Legitimately. Yeah. yeah. But see, this, this is the funny thing, because you go and get terms and conditions. Now, when people sign up for Elite 6, they agree to our terms and conditions. And the terms and conditions says no refunds for any reason at any time will be given. That's legal. So what's wrong with that? What was that, Chris? I'm sure that would be illegal to say there's no refunds, no... Yeah, agreed. ...any time. Yeah. I think no, the like Consumer Act wouldn't allow that. Yeah, no, you but they're not consumers. They're business people, aren't they? In a way, mm. no, they're, consumers. Um, they're, they're still consumers. Hey, Danny, it seems to me that there's there's two scenarios. The first scenario is um, the person's advised you that they uh, are going to cease to be a member, and in which case, then um, I think if if the APs still keep going, I think I agree with the guys morally obliged to uh, to pay it backs albeit that you charge them um, a, a, an admin fee for doing it. And as the guys have said, have that in your terms and conditions. Mm. But the other situation is that person who mentally has decided that they're not going to come, they don't turn up week after week and they don't say anything. Now, as far as I'm concerned, you're only morally obliged to give them back the payments they've made after they've advised you. Yeah, well, that's what yeah. we do. Because no, we're yeah. Our active members in absentia. Yeah, that's right. I wonder if another aspect of the ethics on this is... Keep some notes coming uh, through, guys, too, so we can build the mind map. It would be appreciated. Carry on, Nigel. I wonder if the other part of the ethics here is, is the uh, projected third parties. When your person talks about you to somebody else, what's the impression they're going to give? Well, that, that was my point of the first discussion. It doesn't matter. Well, one lady came back to me and said, um, oh, that's let me overpaid you. And, and the same lady, I think she did it twice as well. And I said, can you please do it? Because it's just, uh, you know, and then they said, well, you should give it back in your industry because you're a public relations and, and uh, you know, who you are and what you do. And they get, go, have a go. Real, they get at you really personally, really quick and really aggressive. And then it, even if you do give the money back, they're still... Yahooing at you, you know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, it is frustrating 
because that's the nature of the service industry. Yeah. yeah. You can't get away from it. You just have to go when, when someone's leaving, think of it that whatever reason they're leaving is whatever they may come back in the future. So it could be a future customer, but plus they're likely to, regardless of them leaving, they're likely to share their experience of time at and the last feeling and you want them to leave on a good feeling so the I next time they talk to someone they will actually endorse you regardless of the fact they're not actually a member uh, mm. I, I struggle with that uh, and there's so many reasons and so many levels I get the idea of good customer service and a customer leaving with good feelings but it, it doesn't matter what angle I've taken it whether I've been you know like people come up to me and they say hey Dan I've got problems financially and I, I can't afford my membership. So I said, well, let's take the membership fee out of the equation. I have it built into my company where we give you three months grace. But if I give that to you, please keep coming. And they go, oh, that's so kind. That's so nice. And then the last lady I did that to wrote me an email basically saying, um, uh, doesn't like the new format. That's why she's leaving. And, um, and but at the same time, she came back and asked me to update all her profile and do all this extra work for her and then left and i and it's kind of like I'm, I, I know i'm a bit different and i'm not doing what you're saying but i actually believe that there's a time some of the services we offer don't always have to tick the ethic box i don't think we have to be all things in business people write to us when they buy products of us and they get demanding because they are the customer and the customer's always right they feel but i'm taking another stance so i'm saying well actually we provided service we had an agreement and you had obligations to go by as well. That's where I'm sort of taking it. The old-fashioned business of customers always right, and you bend over backwards and you leave them, and at the end of the day, you might feel shafted or you might feel elated. I just don't think it's quite there myself anymore. It's a hard one because um, if, if you don't do it, you're kind of acknowledging you won't get repeat business. And so for some of the online store stuff, and I had a conversation before, that might be the case anyway, so it's not maybe a big loss, but you're, gonna, you're leaving people with a bad taste in the mouth, regardless of how stupid or dickheadish they've been. And it's trying to, um, and you don't have to necessarily bend over backwards, it's just the language which you use, which um, is plain and clearly, because people do remember, especially the elite six rather than like your online stores, because it's a local thing and people know people and, um, uh, you know, an ugly exit will get known. And, you know, you, your, your reputation and your, uh, what Elite Six is about is in your hands and you could damage that without meaning to. Okay, well, this scenario-wise, I give this guy the refund back, which I'm not against. It's actually... So I give them a refund for the last two months. It doesn't matter what I do, even if I do that now, I, I, I've still tarnished that reputation because I should have handled it different at the time. So theoretically, yes. what we're saying is as soon as that person overpaid me, I could have done one of, I could have done, a, if we're talking about anything, I could have telephoned them and said, look, I've just refunded you. You've overpaid me. You haven't actually stopped your automatic payment. Uh, and um, I've refunded you. Can you please make sure you stop it for the following month? And then the following month, because this is why I've implemented it, because I remember I've had quite a few people set up automatic payments, and they just don't stop. So yeah, I've got, got to the stage where I've actually reset up their profile, put them back into Elite Six, thinking, oh, well, if you're going to keep paying me, um, 
I might as well provide the service. Then it's it's you can you can automate a lot of that. Like I have the same issue. I have people that do automatic payments into into their bank account, and if someone has left, and then I will send them and they get an email saying your automatic payment's still running. You need to disengage that, and there'll be an admin fee if the, if I need to if this doesn't get sorted, and then it's up to them. Yeah, I've acknowledged well, it. I've told them. It also suggests, Danny, that you should maintain their profile to the next month where no payment comes. Correct. Say that again, mate. It, it, it would suggest to me that you maintain a person's profile until the following month when no payment is received. Not if they've told you they're exiting. If they've right. told you they're exiting, that's a verbal contract. Right. And no, they're not doing their part. Do we they you, they are you, they would they would argue in court and probably win. They notified you of if it, uh, they were severing a relationship. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. So, I mean, the other thing in reality, Danny, how many would you say? How how often does this occur? More times than less. I've got at the moment. I've got a lawyer who said that he won't be renewing his membership uh, next month because he doesn't. He can't make it to the Zoom meetings. So I wrote back to him and said, well, actually, we have a face-to-face -face meeting just down the road from your offices. Uh, so would that suit you better? So then I get no reply from the lawyer. And then um, the next month's invoice goes out. And they, uh, their staff will probably come back and say, oh, we don't want to be a member anymore. So then I need to say, well, okay. But in the meantime, my system's generated an invoice he still had his profile online and uh, I still get telephone calls from people looking for them because I found that profile. So he's still using my services, but then what will happen is I'll go through and go, well, he did send me an email saying that he isn't going to re re renew and the reasons, but he hasn't opened a discussion. But in the meantime, it's generated an invoice. I'm still providing the service. So now what I do is I'll cancel the service, cancel the invoice, remove his profile, but a month has gone by where theoretically he's had a profile with me. So this yeah. just last month as an example, right? And we've had interesting times in COVID and all that good stuff. However, how many people were in this category? change your place. Sorry? So last month, so month of July, roughly, how many people were in this scenario? So they told they were leaving but have kept their payments coming. So how many? Oh, um, oh, I've lost count, mate. It's a tricky one. Um, it's the the process. What you're asking, what what I the process around it. If somebody wants to cancel their Elite Six membership, you may have heard me say at most of my meetings that they need to log in to the billing system. And within the billing system, they have the power to cancel their membership with a click of a button. And then the system is automated. But people what I'm saying, Danny, is it, is, it, is it five people? Is it ten, oh, ten people? Ten people. Let's say ten people. Right. You make ten phone calls, not emails, phone ten. calls. Yeah. And you tell them, you acknowledge they're leaving, you tell them how they filled in the form, you tell them that it's their responsibility, you remind them, because these are people who have now like, over a month out and they haven't, commit, they haven't followed the process. Yep. So you remind them of the process and you say, from now on, I'm going to have to, if you keep, if you don't cancel your payments, then I'm going to be charging, I'm going to have to charge you an administration fee of X. 
So yeah. don't email because they're, they're obviously not listening to uh, you. They might, they might even block you. Who knows? Yeah, they're normally and, grumpy with me, and they don't want to that's talk. That's fine. That's business, I'm afraid. Yeah. And because this is an opportunity for us all to. I've just relocated office, and I'm thinking, oh hell, how many people do I have to notify change of address? And I started writing down a list, and the list is really long. And then I thought, well, hold on a minute. I've also got a whole lot of automated payment services for that office location. And I'm thinking the same thing. They are just sitting there paying money. And if I'm no longer in that office scenario and those accounts are coming in or I'm just paying, and, you know, how many of them do I need to transfer? How many of them do I need to stop payments on? And it would be interesting for us all to actually list and identify all our automatic payments that are going out. And I guess that's the process of COVID. We're all doing that and saying, look, there's all these payments that I don't really need that service any longer and, um, and controlling it. So this is a, yeah. So this, this is a, a typical client, right? So he's got, this is the billing system if you haven't seen it, but he's got one service with me. Once he's logged in, he can look at his services and he's got a full membership and it's active. So you click onto that. And now it says uh, you have one overdue invoice. And he just requests a cancellation. Um, it's immediate. Um, and I could find his email. Um, I can't make meetings anymore. Oops. And then I request a cancellation. So that, that there will generate um, all the emails to me to say that the member's gone. Now I go back into uh, my system. And if I go to my home, there will be A job to do, so to speak. I have one cancellation available. Uh, so this is the, the member. Open up, he's got a full membership. This person wants to cancel the membership. So I terminate their membership with Elite Six. Um, I go down to here and I have a member termination email and I send that off to them and that in that email it explains to them that it's their responsibility to stop any automatic payments and now the customer has a receptionist who's got an invoice so this is what I actually currently have oh you won't be able to see this one unfortunately but um, it basically says um, I accept and understand the termination process I formally give notice it's my responsibility to stop all payments at the end of the billing cycle we do not refund if you've continue paying us by automatic payment. And I know that's not legal, but that's what I just kind of need to do. Otherwise I just kick in payments. So then I go into the invoices with this particular client and I will find uh, he's got one unpaid invoice because it's, he hasn't paid it because he said to me already he's leaving and that's fine. And now what I'll do is I'll mark that invoice as canceled. 
And, um, and now from the customer's point of view, when he logs back into his front end, he will see that he's got no invoices to pay. But the, the, um, the, the sad part of it really is that, unfortunately, a, a client will never log into the system because they don't remember the username and password a lot of the times. And that's sort of a barrier that I've found. Yeah, so I don't know that was exciting, but I'm just sort of showing you how it works. And now he's got a clean, no nothings, and um, a history. You know, even there. Exciting. Then what you're saying is, if if he's got an AP or whatever set up, then you're going to be going to get an payment come again next month, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think, look, I think ethics, ethics and business back on track. Uh, ethics on business really comes down to what you put your personal ethics are. My time is valuable, and I don't get people respecting my time a, a lot of the time. And I spend so much time doing administration, I berate that a little bit. So I'm sort of trying to come out of the way. I want to be ethical. You know, people aren't leaving us because we're providing great value and that's hard to take as well. You know, so if somebody's not leaving normally because it's the best thing since sliced bread. But that's know. separate. That's separate. Them leaving you and things is separate to your business ethics that you want to operate under. Your ethics, people leaving and how they conduct themselves is, is that you can't control. What you can control is your own morality and the way that you want to do business. And that way is the way that you do business. End of. And that's your ethics. That's your ethical centering, that you're happy with that. And other people, will, they will be happy with that or they won't be. And therefore, they'll go find a, another a group or competitor or that is in line with their ethics. I just don't seem to get it right a lot of the time if people I just it doesn't seem to work for me I'm not really doing a big money groany in a way but I haven't really found a way of somebody leaving elite six um, and and leaving that door open like I can 1500 people have come and gone even when Maria gold was in elite six and she was all about you know everything bending over backwards for the customer and doing everything everyone asks I just don't believe that actually we tried everything and we can never get the formula quite right. Now, I believe that if somebody leaves a professional organization or if you leave the power company, that you need to have some form of responsibility yourself. And if you want to go back to that power company, you just pick up and get somebody else on the phone and squeeze your way back in. But I don't get that return. I, I doesn't mean, even when I was doing everything as politely as I could and, and even being empathetic to people in their financial situations, whatever I do, it, they never seem to come back or, or later on. Oh, well, I have got one. I've got one that came back just recently. Yeah, but so, coming back, that's, that's again, I, I don't, I'm sorry. I, coming back, I think, is separate to the ethics of your business. Whether they come back or not is related to, in my opinion, whether they come back to it is related to the value they see and whether they there might be personal circumstances in their life that you don't know about that changed their had their decision making at the time and whether they come back related to yeah. the value they see on coming back that has that's kind of irrelevant to your ethics on who you are what you believe is correct and how you want to conduct your business i think i'm i'd like to think my heart is good and my intentions are good and I think I go the extra mile but I don't think I get that 
with whatever I try, I don't think I actually, um, I don't think it doesn't matter. I don't know why, I don't get it. I'm missing something. But is yeah. that ethics or is that operational and service related? I is think I can't do the operations of this business because it doesn't matter what I try. Even if I use a paper system, it doesn't work. Even if I use a high-tech system for managing people. Like going forward, basically now, the way that I'm handling the accounts is that if somebody wants to sign up for Elite Six, they must fill out my billing system questionnaire. And then they're in the system, and then they've logged in and they've got themselves to play with it. And then they can upgrade, downgrade their membership electronically, only pay with credit card. So it gives them total power of whether they are members or not members by clicking a button. And I sort of think that that's my way, but no one really wants to use that. They'd rather, oh, can you just do it for me? Yeah, so are you saying, though, that ethics in business is systems or ethics in business is emotion and how you conduct yourself? What's, it's, is, is you, is, in your mind, is, is ethics in business about the systems and interactions that you have with your competitors? Or is it about how you conduct yourself in the marketplace? Um, I don't know. I'd like, I'd like to think my business, I mean, well, what's the point of having terms and conditions or an agreement if people don't uh, do anything with that? And at least say... Keep the legal bee was happy. Yeah, but let's say I know the legal system. The only way this guy is ever going to get the money out of me if he takes me to small claims court. True. So that's not ethics, is it? Wait till he does that before I have to claw back the money. I don't care about the money. I, what I'm peeved off about is I'm sick of helping people do their administration. And why do I have to spend time? A service fee of $25 is not worth my time. Even the $59 a month isn't worth my time. And the time I issue an invoice and do all this sort of stuff, it doesn't matter if it's $500 in a way, it's just a pain that they haven't done what I've asked them to. But Danny, if you consider ethics and you go, okay, they've overpaid you, so then you pay the money back to their account, yep. and you deduct the $25 um, charge to do that, so they overpay and you send it back to them, and it's their 55, take off the 25 administration, and then next month they overpay you and you flick them another email, which is their... Yeah. $50 minus the 25 So, you know, they're getting their money every month. You're getting your service fee. It's nearly like a business in itself until they stop it. Yeah. Well, I feel like making my administration fee $59 a month. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I know that's what I'm kind of doing in a way because I'm, I've, it's not worth my time for doing it for 25 And I think, you know. It comes back to are you, if ethically, are you comfortable um, to keep receiving that money when they're not using your, your product or service. Well, for the last eight years, I've been giving everyone's money back who's incompetent and doesn't know the difference between an AP, a direct authority, or a credit card payment. And I've been doing that. But it hasn't helped me be an ethical business because as soon as I stand my ground and go, I've had enough, I've got better things to do with my time, cowboys. Now I'm the bad guy because for once I've stood there and put my stick in the mud and said, well, you signed an agreement. So now we've got a legal, you know, uh, you know, thing. I mean, it's like when you get a parking ticket for $65 and you go, well, actually, you've overcharged me for the parking. It's not worth $65. They come back and say, well, there's actually a book, booking fee of $40. Same thing, really, isn't it? 
Yes, but you'll pay the parking fine now if you know that tomorrow there's another 20% going to be added on to it. Yeah. Same thing as someone will cancel their AP if they know that there's going to be another 20% taken off it. Right. Um, you've got yeah. to give them incentive to stop it, which is a That's penalty right. or a cost. Yeah. So but, I'll just give these people their money back and hopefully the money won't turn up next month. And then I'll change my terms and conditions that they no longer have signed because they are no longer members. And um, or do I just all of a sudden say I have an administration fee? Right. So I'm going back to it. How many phone calls would you be making today to deal with those in that situation now? I'd rather just... No, answer the question. How many people, how many phone calls would you be making today if you had to address the people who are not being dickheads at the moment? Um, I don't do phone calls, mate. Tell me how many phone calls, how many people are in this situation? Well, you said about 10 anyway, so 10 calls. Um, That's your problem, Danny. You, you, if you're not going prepared to talk to them, they're not talking to you or email. You're talking different language, talking Martian and Vesuvian or whatever. You know, it, you've got to talk to them and it'll go away. Yeah. Well, because, yeah. well, you've got to make a choice, Danny. I'm sorry to be hard with you. You've got to make a choice. What's the choice? I forgot where this conversation's going, actually. I mean, I think I don't. Um, yeah, I don't know. It comes, it comes back to how, how it comes back to an ethical question on how you want to run your business. If you, I've, I've if you want I've been, to, I've been the most. I, I've been so. I, I, I'm sorry, guys, but I, I, I've been the nice guy. I've, I felt like I've bent over backwards for lots of people, and it hasn't made any difference. How many people have you phoned? How many I've people? Done, have I've done everything. I've literally tried everything over the last eight years. I've, I've knocked on people's doors and said, G'day, here you going? And they told me to piss off. And I go, oh, you know, whatever. And you try all sorts of things. I, I just sort of summarizing, I think the, the solution is that an admin fee has to be a, applied. I think the ethics is that, is an, that there is an expectation that a refund is offered. And I'm a person who I know, I've got a whole range of um, APs that go out. And sitting here, for, I've been sort of pondering, which ones do I have? I've got no idea, and I don't look that closely at my bank thing. So I would be reliant on getting some sort of feedback, sure. And I, a classic example of this, a client of mine who I um, put in place um, a different uh, package of insurance with a different company. And the expectation that I have of that person is that they cancel previous uh, company things. Interestingly, that this, this particular guy was an accountant, <laughs> and um, five or six months later, he came back to me asking, could I pay the, um, the other company's premiums that he has been inadvertently paying for the last five or six months? Mm. And um, I took advice internally within in industry, and um, the general advice was, you might offer a couple of months refund because everyone should be on top of the accounting package after a couple of months and, and should get it right. Hmm. Yeah, so. Well, we, used people, we used to say to people that to be a member of Elite Six is $708 plus GST per year, and to keep it affordable, we let people pay it on a monthly basis. So then everyone's going, well, it's a monthly fee of $59. That's how much your membership is. And I go, well, not really. However, and then I say there's no contracts. I mean, maybe if I sign somebody up for a 12-month contract, but you can pay it off monthly, 
uh, and then then they just stop paying me. And I go, well, I don't want to do that. So we're trying to be ethical by providing it out for people. So you sort of say, well, if you had a bit of respect, perhaps for you know the monies, then why don't we? Um, you know, in a way, you know, I don't want to have your money. I just want you to have respect and enough to actually, if I tell you you have an automatic payment set up, can you please spend the time and stop it for me to just stop me a lot of grief? Because I've got better things to do than refund all the time. And I don't want to be a prat at the same time, but it doesn't matter what I do, I'm a prat. But it is interesting in this market, I'm finding with a lot of my start, my, a lot of my clients, we, a lot of the discussions I'm having with them before I sign up and contract is their concerns about termination of contract. And with the unknown market that might happen out there, um, they want to know what's the terms of agreement for termination and or what's the loss of profit and how much are you going to charge for this partial part of the stage you're doing or the full stage. And so there is concern at the moment with regards to termination with the unforeseen aspect of what might happen in the next six months, 12 months, you know. Um, but then the terms of engagement, I thought I was relatively clear on my terms of agreement. And then when you read the specific wording of it, you know, incomplete facets of work, what does that mean? I guess there's a legal termination, but then a client will ask you particularly, what's the wording mean? And you look at the wording and you go, well, it's, you know, I mean, it's the nature of the yeah. beast out there at the moment that, that a lot of the terms and agreement have to be clear and they have to be out there and, and solicitors. Well, well, that, that's kind of my point though. I agree with that. And I'm not, I don't really, I've just, I'm sick of um, people. I, I like to think my terms and conditions are pretty clear, but if I signed up for a Vodafone account, surely if you agree to the terms and conditions, it must mean something. But then some, some people operate their complete business on their own personal ethics, which they never have a contract or terms and conditions between them and their customers because their ethics state that they don't need one. That's how they want to do business. Mm. And they get burned sometimes, but generally that that is how they feel they want to run their business, that they don't want to be tied into the paperwork and stuff and that people will do conduct themselves on a handshake and the person's word is their bond and that's how they ethically run their business. Yeah, well, good stuff, guys. I mean, I do appreciate what you're saying. Well, maybe another know. thought, Danny, is so I think if someone's not paying you, you need to notify them, you need to notify them that you're going to start applying um, an administration fee for 25 bucks, say. I'm just making the number up. And then maybe what you can do is if you then, but you didn't bother to return the money, you just gave them... Uh, even, and you could automate this, I think, in you, uh, an accumulated balance of how much of their money you've got, less the fees you've taken every month. And then if they say, oh, they'll quickly see how much money they you, um, you're holding on their behalf. Mm. I mean, maybe... I'll, yeah. I'll give the people's money back. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Um, but yeah, but when they, what I'm saying is if they can, um, a lever is, there's two levers, right? One is it's a penalty, right? You're going to charge them for them not sorting out their, agreement and the other thing is the lost opportunity because they've got you've got their money and they could have that and you're going to give them that money back less the expense so if they, if they see those two things oh actually what there's 300 dollars there that's more of an incentive to sort their shit out 
Um, and by the way, I did have three hundred dollars, but actually, it's only two hundred dollars now because this guy's taken twenty-five bucks in the last four months of uh, of payment. Yeah, I just the the email I got from the guy last night was quite personalised, and you know, it was I you know, it does upset you. I mean, uh, yeah. So what am I trying to say out of that? Yeah, okay. So just keep giving the money back. I, I mean, I do have a late fee. So my system's pretty cool, actually. If somebody doesn't pay, it adds a late fee on there. And it just keeps accumulating. And eventually, um, you know, they have a big bill. And I often, I, I, now I've got that. There, The late fee is actually like an administration fee in a way anyway. But yeah, I'd rather actually just delete them, get them out of my system, get them off my networks, and give them all the money back. And, um, and if I have to, ring them up and say, look, can you stop paying me? And then be the nice guy all the way through. I was listening to a guy talking about who's who's creates online courses, and he had a real problem because he he did his course and it was about I don't know, let's say a thousand dollars, and he put people on a monthly deal, and he said you know you had the option they said you could pay for it all or we do it a monthly deal, and then you get people calling after four months and say actually no I'm no longer using this course so I want to stop my payments. And he said no we're just spreading the payment well you've already got it it's a debt. You know, uh, and so you've already bought the course, and I'm just spreading the thing around. The fact that you no longer use that, it's not, not, not. And he said he changed it to the beginning, saying when they agreed, it said, "Do you understand that you've bought this, and all we're doing is spreading the payment? So you've got that's a debt, just like anything else." But he framed it at the beginning. He said it did did save the problem because he didn't get those people coming back and saying, "I want to stop my subscription now." You know, because when that happens and they don't do it, and they in their mind they think, "Oh, great, I'm going to get those so many hundred dollars back." And they don't get that, then they go and complain about that stuff. And then, then social media means you can complain about stuff. It's all very well saying, "No, I'm not going to pay that money back." But you don't want that bad stuff going out into the into the um, onto the interweb, do you? Really? So he just he said, really, absolutely nailing people. Would say this is what it is. It's absolutely clear. Um, it's you know he said it's still I still get one and two hundred come back and want to stop subscription because some people never read anything, but really drawing to people's attention at the beginning in big letters, pretty much reading it through to them was, was important. You do have to be careful that you are not subject to non-performance or professional, you know, you, if they're leaving because what you're providing, yes, you're signed up for 12 months, but the service mm. you're providing doesn't meet their expectations or, and that you have a degree of, you know, that's where the ethics drop in. Mm. As Chris was saying, you know, they have a degree of responsibility that's the reason why they're withdrawing and you may become liable due to your, what you're yeah. providing. Well, this, this was a course to teach people the piano, okay? And it was a course, you know, people, a lot of people succeeded with it, teach, learn the piano in so many days. Um, and, um, you know, I think, well, I think it was 500 US dollars. So... You know, it was it was a package that you bought, so it's 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 kind of hard. Um, you know, it's it's how do you you know if someone passes it and they do the course and you're not there for the course, you're not turning up every day. So, you know, if, if, if it, I guess if they don't, most of the cases that they just decide they don't want to learn the piano anymore, they don't want to learn the trombone or something. Um, Lachlan, we get that with online <coughs> sales with our stores. We get people buying things and then saying. Oh, I no longer need it because 
because I ordered it and I wanted to get it by Friday and Friday's yeah. gone and that was a birthday. Yeah. So I don't mm. want the product anymore. And we're like, but you've bought the product, you know, that, yeah. that's another situation where yeah. we get a lot of that. Yeah. It's terrible in the States. There's a picture of um, someone going to Costco, which is, you know, a big discount store in the States um, in January with a Christmas tree saying, I don't want any more. My, my, my money back. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, Danny, you run a business where you get paid up front and the, all the issues are about back payment, paying back. Where I run a business where it's about providing a service and I'm trying to get payment. And when you talk about ethics, I've got one job where I did a house design. The client owes me $15,000. They never paid. So then I'm, I'm following up ethically and saying, well, his penalties involved... It's all associated with terms and conditions, but there's still a year and a half later, there's no payment. Now, the council ring me this morning saying they haven't been paid for anything and no one's been paid for anything and he's not repairing the building. Um, he hasn't built, he's building on the property illegally and it's all going to go to court and they're going to force the sale. So ethically, I've never put a caveat on someone's title, mm. but ethically, they've engaged me to do the service and I feel that they should be employed and paid for the service provided. So now I'm going to put a caveat on yeah. that person's title, which I've always thought was unfortunate, but ethically he's engaged me to do the service, hasn't paid, mm. and the consequences are he's liable. Mm. Yeah, I guess you're like mm. third cab on the rank, aren't you? And it just goes down and you get paid last if you get paid. Yeah, I agree, Stephen. You've certainly got to put a caveat in on that sort of situation. Yeah, mm. and I've never done a caveat before. And speaking to the council guy, he said he wasn't sure of the process. But he said, you know, professionally, you know, you're not going to get anything unless you secure your loss. Absolutely have to, yeah. My wife's a solicitor. She always say to do that. Yeah. Um, interesting, though, I, I honestly, I find it hard myself, those sort of things. Uh, I used to do it for developers in the UK, and, uh, and these developers were notorious for getting to do all the work, late, late, late hours, get the job done, and then you'd just be begging for payment for the next six months. And I still remember going up to one client, knocking on the door, where he had his brand new Daimler double six parked outside, still with the plastic on the doors, knocking on the door, just turned the lights out in the office, and I could see the reflection of his glasses, and he owed me the money. I never, ever got that money. Yeah. Mm. It just goes. But it, it just, what, what I found was having a third person, because I, I, I mean, I, and say, look, I'm sorry, it's not my policy, but we have a person called Bob, and he, we, for every contract, we all do, we all do that. It. Just it's done automatically. Don't take it personally. We just do it automatically. Hmm. You know, because if they think you're doing it, I was, I felt so conscious doing stuff myself. Oh, you mean out, someone yeah. to collect the debt, Lachlan? Yep, collecting the yeah. debt, chasing yeah. the debt. I worked, I went, I went, I shared an office with a structural engineer, and and I used to call up, and his name was Andy. And I'd say, look, um, with Andy, um, I understand there's a debt outstanding. And that's, oh, he hasn't finished the job. And I'd say, how far is he through the job, percent-wise? Oh, well, I don't know. I said, 95%. I said, we'll take 95% of the money now. I'll come and collect it. Can I come and collect it at 10 o'clock? You know, and they'd say, no, we'll put it through. We'll put it through. It'll be yeah. through the next day. Yeah. Um, and, and I'd say, Look, Andy, Andy, no, he's got a great relationship with you, da-da-da. You know, we didn't want to make sure this work, but obviously, you know, it's the, the, the money is the air that we breathe. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and then I'd say, look, in terms of the other 5%, we'll deal with it, you know? Mm. So, you can have a third party that's not a third party. It can be yep. a, a division with you in your own company that you, it's, it's still you, but you're writing as part of the accounts yep. department. Yeah. And then some clients will come to me and say, oh, look, you know, you 
you've given us this invoice. And I go, in fact, that'll be my accounts department that's sent yeah. that. So, it's mainly with debt collection and, and those sort of awkward things. It's good to have a third person because I can tell you, Steve, you know, you could chase my debts and I could probably chase yours more easier than we can chase our own. Yes. It's, mm. What I've found also is those who are using the, you know, the Daimler example that you had there, Lachlan, unfortunately, I find those with money are the worst to pay. Those who don't have money go out of their way typically to try and pay you. Speculative business is the hardest. Anyone who does speculation because they get they get a hundred thousand pounds, or that's just in the UK. Some people, yeah, yeah, like a lot of they have, you know, they're quite wealthy in their own right, and they know the process is a a long, convoluted one to take you to small claims or whatever. Yeah, and um, and therefore they just try it on, and it's often those, and a lot of my clients where they're a subcontractor to a a few contractors up the chain, and they're just not respected. That's right. It's, it's funny you say that, Matt, because Vanessa was <clears throat> telling us about a couple she had worked for and they're very wealthy and they'd asked her to buy something on their behalf and it was like a $20 item. And when it came, I think it was broken or there was something wrong with it. And they wanted her to absolutely fight tooth and nail to get their $20 back. And they were absolutely loaded, these people. Mm. And it was like, what, you know, the time it takes to do all that. But they were adamant they wanted their money back. Yeah, we've got an example here in Pegasus is one of my friends he's got a, uh, he's got a vacant uh, section next to him and the, the owner of that section is in Singapore and the, you know, the grass is ridiculously high, it's a major fire risk and, one thing. and every time they approach them, he says, I'll take us to call, <laughs> you know, you know, don't, give a, don't give a flying what's it, um, yeah. and because they know the hassle of doing that now. Yeah, um, I think business ethics is essential. And that when you actually meet a client, you can introduce to them and put on the table your ethical position and ethical way that you operate rather than it being assumed. So, you know, for some examples, if I've got a client and I go, look, we're going to get tenders, um, but the ethics there are very particular for me and, and my procedure is ABCD because that's the ethical position. And or if you've come to me and you've had another architect, then my ethics is that that I will approach that other architect to make sure that their copyrights are all done, they've been paid for their services. So by identifying your ethics with a client actually creates a far better scenario before you even start working for them. And, and you've got the opportunity to do that, but we don't usually do it. It's assumed mm. that you're going to operate oh, ethically. Oh, yeah, that's client, yeah. Um, we better um, round this up. Just some quick takeaways would be good. Um, if anyone's got those, it'd be much appreciated. Had a pretty hard week myself, guys. So sorry for being whatever. I'm sort of tired of the um, business, to be honest. So uh, thanks. Let me do a bit of a rant. All right. Um, going forward, we're running one Zoom meeting a week, and this is it. And also, we're doing one face-to-face meeting at 9:30 uh, on Wednesday. So that's what we're doing at the moment. If um, we had any takeaways from today's meeting, what did you get from coming along and supporting Elite Six today? Uh, good to hear people's views, a collection of views on different angles. Well, I think the thing to do is to handle the ethics things from the beginning. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that, that's the lesson. You don't want to be trying to catch things at the back. Yeah. A, a thing that 
we do, it's not a takeaway, but a thing that we've started doing because we get a lot of people wanting refunds and returns and all of that is, um, you know, if the product is still fit for purpose, we give them 50% off and it keeps them happy. It keeps us happy, generally keeps our supplier happy because we either used to give them all their money back mm. and get them to send the product mm. back to us and then it was just a hassle. So we find people are quite happy with 50%. And that tends to work quite well because they think yeah. they're getting something back and it's win-win yeah. for everybody. Yeah. 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 That's the other thing. If you didn't have ethics and it had to be a legal path for everything, then it would be a very slow ground out. You know, like the alternative people have to get their $20 back off us is small claims court. To go to small yeah. claims court, you've got to pay $45. Okay, I'll dispute it with a credit card company. Okay, you ring up your credit card company. They go, well, there's a $50 admin fee for us putting into dispute for you. Oh, it's not worth it now. I'll go to Fair Go. There's a guy in Fair Go the other day who bought a $900 motorbike and the guy never delivered the motorbike. He didn't have a leg to stand on. So then he said, oh, the Commerce Commission said, yeah, you got to be careful. Mm. <laughs> you know, well, so ethics well, is, if you want well, to be in business, small town stuff it does travel. But I think my point is a lot of people are tired at the moment because there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I certainly think the message needs to come across is yes, I'm ethical, but I'm not stupid and I'm not soft. Yeah, mm. be and upfront, be honest. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's really important because I, I know that from my early days is that I'd say I'd say, oh, I like I do this and do this, and people just take you for a ride. You know, I'm 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 a nice guy. You know, Nigel, you're a nice guy. Not always. He jokes his shit. <laughs> but but but. but, but funny. That's <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, um, but but the point is, is you uh, having a policy, and this is how we do it. We do it ethically, but da 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 da, da, da and and you know you, you you have to let people know you're not soft, because the bad ones will take you for a ride. What about is it ethical when I mean, like the customer says that the customer's always right? Is it ethical for a customer to come to you and say, "If I don't get this, I'm going to do this"? So we get threatened a lot by, "I'm going to take you here, there, and everywhere," or "I'm going to put." Uh, we've had one saying, um, uh, "I'm going to go and tell everybody how bad you are on social media." So we get threatened a lot. Is that ethical mm. from a customer's point of well, view? Do, do customers need to be ethical? Is the question. Yeah. Um, there's another one just made money what what is um i don't know it's like a little five-year-old kid saying if i don't get this i'm going to do this to you mm. and we yeah. get that a lot so where's the ethics in that well there aren't the ethic the ethic requirements are much less for a customer than they are for the company themselves yeah. um i've got a friend who's got uh, hotels and restaurants and he said people come in and pretty much threaten um you know if you don't give us something free uh, we'll give you a bad review Yep, we. On TripAdvisor. Yep. Yeah. Okay, guys, we better round up recording anyway. You can carry on talking afterwards. I'll just finish the meeting. Um, I don't know if the topic for next week is fitting, but it might be exiting clients. Uh, Is is that what we're discussing? How do we let clients leave our product or service and feel like they still love us? Yeah. Or is that a good topic? Quite negative. Okay, let's find a positive one. We need one, I think. Um. What are we talking about? I'd rather talk about retaining clients. Yeah. Or retaining. onboarding new clients. Yeah. yeah. Retaining clients. Yeah. I just no. Just just something like um, uh, watering clients. 
keeping clients customer, yeah. customer satisfaction client retention we yeah. had that didn't we i think we had that didn't we i don't know it does ring a bell um yeah keeping What's clients it? happy uh, drugs um, joy <laughs> joy handling clients managing clients managing clients yep that'll do yep Talk then, yeah, gotta go. See you, team. All right, have a nice week. I'll stop the recording. Um, hope that was of interest to you listeners out there, and thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you next week with our new topic managing clients. This is Danny. <laughs>